Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. On occasions like this day, it is so good to be gathered here in God's house and worshiping together wherever we might be as we look at the lights of the saints of life who have inspired us. And so I am thankful for each of you that is able to be here today and for those of you that are joining us via live stream. Here with me now the words of the Lord which come out of the Revelation of John, chapter 7, verses 9 and following. After this, I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength. Be our God forever and ever. And then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they surround the, thir- the throne of God and serve him through day and through night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O Lord, as we gather to hear your word read and proclaimed, may it speak to our hearts in such a way, O Lord, that we would be transformed. Transformed by the hearing of your word so that we would not just hold it in our hearts, but that we would go forth and share it as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. In W.P. Kinsella's epic baseball story in that classic tome of a father-son relationship, Field of Dreams, there's this moment in time where the rich language of his writing catches up with our hearts. It catches up with the world around us. There's this moment where the, the apparent ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson standing at the edge of a cornfield and a baseball diamond, looks out at Ray Kinsella, the owner of the whole expanse, and he asks him this question. He says, is this heaven? And it's in that moment that Ray gives an answer that sets Iowa's tourism board off on their marketing plan for the next 10 years. No, it's Iowa. 
And yet, Ray doesn't catch the symbolism of the question. As more ball players come out of the cornfield to play a pickup game of baseball, time and again, day in and day out, as they leave, they thank Ray and his family for building the field, and they always leave with these words, is this heaven? By the third or fourth time this happens, we know the answer that's supposed to come from Ray's mouth. No, it's Iowa. See, W.P. Kinsella paints this image, this vivid picture for us, much in the same way that John paints an image for us in the Revelation of John. See, in our text today, what John is recounting is what heaven looks like so that we might see it and might understand it. See, John sees heaven full of a multitude of people of all nations, of all tribes, of all languages, of all parts of the earth. They are all dressed in white, praising God, having washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, it says, giving thanks and praise for salvation. And there in the confines of heaven, the saints find that all suffering ceases. And so we find ourselves today on All Saints Day, where we celebrate, where we remember, where we name the members of our church, the members of our families, people who are family in all but bloodline in our hearts. Those who have left us in this earthly plane and they've joined that church triumphant, that they are gathered around the throne of saints, that they are bathed in light and their robes are brighter than snow. As we read in the text, as we follow it, as we ponder it and pray over it, we come to understand their victory. We come to understand that there is hope for us. And in their victory and in their triumph, we also learn that there is a calling for you and for me in this life so that we too might gain heaven as they have, that we might gain it in the life to come. See, our calling by faith is to make the distance between heaven and earth a little less distinguishable, a little bit closer by the way we live and the way we encourage to live those around us. I think of that story again back there in the field of dreams in the cornfield and the image of the ball players and the fact that they keep coming out of the corn to play ball. And if you know anything about it, you start to realize that some of them are ball players that you would recognize from history and others are just names forgotten to time. Not major leaguers, minor leaguers, class B ball, whatever it may be, out playing a game. But in that suspended literary magic that, that W.P. Kinsella writes, all that seems to matter is that they are gathered, famous and not so famous, known and unknown, to play a game. That they are together doing that which they love. See, in John's text, heaven is a lot like that too. It is full of people, all ages, nations, races, tribes, and languages, he writes. And in the theological truth is that the things that distinguish us, the things that separate us, that divide us up here on earth, fade away in the heavenly realm. 
The glory of heaven takes all those walls, all those barriers, all those boxes that we check and throws them out the window. That it leaves me wondering, and I think the text challenges us, that if this is the case, if heaven reflects the rich tapestry of God's created humanity, then what would life look like amongst us here and now? That if we worked diligently, if we committed our lives, our souls, our thoughts, our very actions and our words to celebrating the differences in our creativeness, but not letting those differences divide us, where we would see each other with the equality that God sees us, so that whether here on earth those differences don't matter, but are celebrated. Those differences don't seem to play into effect where one of us is greater than the other because we check more boxes or fewer boxes or different boxes. What would it look like if we committed our lives to looking at each other, at all of God's children, the same way we will see each other on the other side? just as fellow journeyers, fellow followers, fellow Christians, brothers and sisters. How much richer would our world be today if we approached each other with that kind of wisdom, that kind of vision? We hear so often in our funeral liturgy, blessed are they that die in their Lord, their labors go before them. It's a, it's a phrase that we use to remind us of how wonderful it is to die with faith in our hearts that if we have that strong faith, that we too will find ourselves at the throne of glory. That we will be able to wash the robes of our lives in the blood of the lamb and come out whiter than snow. I think of a mission trip I took years ago to Jamaica. I went, and, and it happens a lot of time with building team trips that our conference does. We're there for two weeks, and we try to buy, lo we have to buy locally. We try to involve members of the church if they're willing to cook food for the teams to pay them for that gift. If they're willing to do our laundry to do the same so that we can keep doing the work, but that we also inject a little bit of economic benefit in the local economy. And I'll never forget, we were mixing concrete, and for whatever that year, I made the really, la the, the, the technical mistake of packing a lot of white t-shirts. If you ever mix concrete in white t-shirts, you know that you're going to have a gray t-shirts before the end of the day. So I did this, and yet I remember throwing the t-shirts in the pile of clothes to be washed. And when they came back the next day, they were whiter than they have ever been. I don't know what they used on those shirts. I'm pretty sure I don't want to know. But I remember coming back from that trip with a suitcase full of brilliantly white t-shirts and thinking, they are whiter than they've ever been. If I use enough bleach, I can keep them looking this way. So not true. But I tried nonetheless. I still try nonetheless. I try to perfect that laundry technique to figure out what it was so that all of my clothes look brilliant. What if we did that with our lives? 
try to perfect our lives in such a way that our lives would burn bright and brilliantly just as the lives of these 43 saints before us. See, as we look at their candles, as they blaze before our eyes, we realize that they ran the race of faith, that they have received their glory in heaven, that their robes have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. They are a shining and literal example for us, a beacon of hope before our eyes this morning, but even in our hearts, the days that they have been gone. See, they seized their faith and they have received their reward, but they beckon us to do the same. They beckon you and me to seize our faith now so that the joy of heaven may be known a little bit here on earth, but yet gained in days to come. How much more wonderful would our lives be if we were able to sing as our anthem of faith every day, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. See, their deeds shined before us. And as we look at these candles, as we look at them, we remember our loved ones. We remember their journey through life, and we remember that it was not an always perfect journey. That it was not without pain, it was not without suffering, it was not without difficulty. There were struggles with health, both physical and mental. There were relationships and pain and loss and ups and downs. There were times when they had lost their direction or hadn't quite found what they were searching for. But in the end, they found it. See, Scripture tells us that they have received comfort, that in heaven that pain ceases, that searching ends, that anguish and torment fade to peace that hunger and suffering give way to fulfillment and that every tear will be dried and every heart lifted. So as we see their lights burn before us and the example of their lives shining before us, do we not also hear a calling from them to do our part here on earth to end the pain and suffering that happens instant amongst each other and amongst humanity? to end the suffering for those that are hungering and thirsting in our midst, to seek healing and direction for those that are lost. See, my brothers and sisters, on this All Saints Sunday, the candles of those that we love burn brightly before us as a reminder of their lives our hearts break just a little bit being reminded of them and our loss. But we also remember their laughter, their stories, their love, their lives, and their lessons. But as we have that chance to rejoice that they have gained heaven, that they have left the church militant and joined the church triumphant, and that they walk on celestial shores, that there is a calling for you and for me, that they have left us a legacy to break down the barriers here on earth that we've broken down in heaven, to live by faith each and every day, to seize it, to do our best 
to focus on that which matters most, and that is the love of God for you and for me and for all the earth. And to relieve the sufferings in the lives of the people that we meet each and every day. So that maybe, just maybe, if we live that way, if we become that example, if we begin to mold our world that way, the people that we meet, they ask us this question. Is this heaven? And we may know the answer is no, but we may smile in our hearts because heaven is just a little bit closer because of the calling that we have answered. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.